Hey, welcome to another amazing episode of Secrets from the Saddle, All Things Cycling Podcast. And before we get started, I have some coaching announcements as per usual. Now, first thing is my cycling skills four-week workshop for women who are new to cycling. I'm super excited about this and um, it starts this Thursday. So basically what you're going to get is me as a coach for a full month plus one workshop a week. So one hour we're going to go over different types of cycling skills. Then you're going to get some homework. You're going to try it out. You're going to come back. We're going to have a Q&A later on in the week so you can ask questions about the drills and the skills. And it's going to be so much fun. And I'm so excited about being able to help more women feel more comfortable in cycling. Ah, I just love it. Anyways, go to cyclingskillspro.com go check it out, check out the videos, get registered. We're going to be starting soon. It's uh, it's a very small group that I'm allowing into this workshop because I don't want to oversaturate it right away. Um, and I just want you to get the most out of it. And I'm so excited. So we have a private group. You got the Q&As, you've got me, you've got weekly skill sessions where I'm going to talk, you're going to work out and you're going to get everything and you're going to go out and try it. And uh, I have lots of other bonuses too. So go check it out, cyclingskillspro.com. Today, we start this Thursday. It's going to be super amazing. Can't wait to meet you and help you get better at cycling. In addition, don't forget to follow me on Instagram and don't forget to put those comments and follow this podcast. We have so many amazing interviews coming up in the next month. You don't want to miss it. Take care and have an amazing day. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daewoo, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. <laughs> oh my God, this is so exciting. It's been so long. All right, we're going to get started. All right, thanks everyone for uh, tuning in for another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, All Things Cycling with your host, Sylvie Dow. And I am really, really excited to be talking to this guy, Rob Good. I have known him for over a decade, probably a decade and a half, and um, and how I know him, and this is what I know of him, because I get to make his bio, because he didn't send me one. He's <laughs> like, like, okay, well, I'm just going to make something up. No, so um, when I started my women's cycling club in 2008, some, there was, I think, three years that we came down uh, for a weekend over the winter to just get into and try track cycling. So it was kind of like a bonding weekend for the girls, for the team, you know, just breaking up the winter of indoor cycling and skiing and to learn something new, really, because like 
I've been there three times and I've done level th level one three times. <laughs> I'm like, I've never been back there. And this is how I met Rob. So Rob was my contact. I, I found him. I said, hey, Rob, I'd like to bring a bunch of girls up. And he's like, cool. <laughs> and he's the one who set everything up in Forest City in uh, London, Ontario. So we're going to call it C, sorry, FCV. I probably say Forest City, but Rob will probably say FCV. So if you hear that, that's what that means. Cause somebody was throwing around like, what's that mean? And so the acronym. And so welcome Rob. He's got, he's, he's still doing amazing things with cycling. Um, he was back then. He's, he's uh, created something new. He's going to be talking about it. And I'm really, really excited to have him on here because he's doing some really fantastic things with kids and cycling in the London Guelph area? Uh, Kitchener Waterloo, correct. Kitchener Waterloo. Yeah, it's all kind of <clears throat> way, way west of, of Toronto. <laughs> west of Toronto. So welcome, Rob, to the podcast. Thanks, Sylvie. All right. <laughs> all right. We're just going to start like that. So, Rob, and I like to start it this way is just asking about how you got into cycling back as a kid, maybe a young adult. How did it start? Started uh, when I was 14, 15. There was a bikeathon in oh, Kitchener cool. Waterloo where the Waterloo Cycling Club organized a, a ride from Waterloo to Alora to Fergus and back to through Mary Hill and back to Waterloo. A couple of buddies of mine said, Hey, let's go do it. And we yeah. were on little beater bikes. And we had started before the Waterloo Cycling Club started their ride, which was 20 or 30 minutes later. And they caught us in Maryhill. And they were shocked that there were riders that were up the road so far that they took so long to catch because they were catching riders all the way through the 50, 60K ride. And we were the, one of the last ones that they picked up. And from there, met Roy Conway, Ooh. met a couple of other old timers from the Waterloo Cycling Club. This is a long time ago. Yeah. And we started cycling. That was late, mid-August. And uh, we started cycling with the club the following spring. So is that, are they the guys who took you under their wing? They're like, who are these oh, for sure. on these, these, these bikes and that are so fast? Yeah, we had, we had, there, there, we're not, we weren't on drop bars. We weren't on racing bikes. We were just on beater bikes that the kids use today to go, uh, if you will, mountain biking. But we were just on bikes that we had laying around. Uh, they certainly weren't racing at all. They were just bikes that we rode. Well, you know, and, and those are those things like when you, you see somebody go fast on one of those bikes, you know, they can. <laughs> no, they can go fast on a big bike. Yeah, I yeah, get they can. Yeah. Something <laughs> a lot of years. So, so that started your, I guess, long-term career in cycling. So, how did where where did you go from there? Like, you start racing, or like, how did so it how did it start? As a fifteen-year-old, yeah, there was nothing but racing. There was no mm -hmm. mountain bike at the time. There was no rate, you know, there was, there was nothing other than your training 
Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to race on Saturday, Sunday. Right. And the Ontario calendar was populated with road races. So we would go to the open road races that we could get into on the weekends. And that was the introduction. There was no social riding. There was no <laughs> group rides per se. It was either, Training. there was there was basically you rode in a race on Tuesday, Thursday, and those were the prep for the weekend races. Oh my gosh. Wow. How things have changed, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it, it, it now now it's now now there's formulas and you've yeah. got to do this and you've got to do that and don't do this on a monday but don't do that on a tuesday and you got to do this on a thursday it's uh n nothing has changed in 50 years honestly oh really honest oh i thought you were saying it had no well the technology has changed oh yeah but well. riding your bike through the week is exactly the same mountain bike road bike doesn't matter as long as you train you'll do well whenever there's a race oh so so there's no method to the training my point is if yeah. you ride your bike you yeah. will get better yes well yeah that's, that's right so now did you spend all your high school racing and then into college. So how did it, how did you find yourself at Forest City? Because that's a, a considerable gap. It's, well, it's I don't know when you started at Forest City, but well, we, how we, did you get we there? started Forest City Velodrome back in 2005. Okay, that was so, when it was built? So that's when the track was built, but before that, yeah. The Shell Strait family, the Coulier family, was involved with a 125-meter velodrome that fit in a hockey rink in Delhi, Ontario. Tilsonburg, oh. Delhi, Simcoe. Those are big tobacco farms at the time. Right. And very, very uh, high levels of Belgium ancestry was in those three towns, Tilsonburg, okay. Delhi, Simcoe. Okay. So they had a heritage of indoor cycling, track cycling in the, in the summertime. Because hockey was, was big in the winter, they converted the, the arena to a portable track, basically, for the summertime, starting in April. Right around now, the ice would come out, the track would go in, and they'd no hold way. They like would a portable clear. track? They uh, well, it, it was in and out. So yeah, but like a tear down and then bring back. Oh my gosh, cool! Correct. So they would hold three, depending on three or four six-day bike races, where they'd bring in Belgium from from Europe, they'd bring in French riders, they'd bring in oh wow Americans, and and it was very popular. 12, 14, 1,500 people. At a at a night's race. When was back this? In the day, there were riders like Jocelyn Lovell, uh, Gord Singleton, uh, Peter Junick, Peter Penman. Mm. Of that vintage, you know, back in that that era, those guys were the guys that 
15, 16, 17 year olds looked up to. Mm -hmm. So we would go down to Delhi to train three days a week on the track. And that was the introduction to track cycling. Oh, so is this in the seventies? I don't want to say. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, just... late, 60, late 60s, early 70s. Okay, so when I was mid, born. Mid, okay. mid 70s. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so fun that stuff be, is... For, for, the, for the young kids, that's <laughs> 1970s. <laughs> that's when your mom was probably born or your dad was born. <laughs> Back in the day when Elvis was alive. And anyways. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, stop. Stop. <laughs> But no, but that's interesting. Keep talking. So how did it evolve? So, so we went from riding and racing down in, in Delhi, Simcoe. They would hold four or five, six races a year. On a Tuesday night, they would throw a race on at the Belgium Club. Uh, we would go to Simcoe on a Thursday night to, to race, not, not a midweek like what would be in Mississauga now, but it would be a one-of race in the residential area and they just cordon oh. off the roads okay and get it done wow. so it was a very it was a hotbed of of cycling and that basically is what translated into the four city velodrome because oh. many of the belgium folks that loved bike racing would attend our races at fcv every saturday night right Nice. So that, that's, that, that's how I got involved with the racing side, the sports side of competitive cycling. As a, as a 15, 16, 17-year-old, we would, we would go down there all the time and hone wow. our skills. It was all skill. It was all skill development, learning how to pedal, learning how to bike handle being able to 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 figure out how to pass somebody without knowing how to do it so we learned all that stuff yeah wow so did you end up taking a break through your 20s like most Hurt people kind of do or? interesting um we were and, and i remember this specifically we were training for the track nationals uh jocelyn level was the team leader and we were a week out from track nationals in Montreal, late mid-August, mid to late August of whenever it was. And we were out motor pacing. I was behind a Volkswagen Rabbit with the hood up, doing 100 kilometers an hour <laughs> in a silly gear. And we were last effort, last effort. And one of my knees popped. And I immediately told the, the, the fellow that was driving the car, I said, I, I hurt myself. Uh, you guys go on ahead. I'm just going to roll home, which was 15K. And as it turned out, I, I, I raced the following week with, a, with, with major knee injuries and caused me to basically stop cycling the following year. And that oh, was as a 20, 21-year-old. Oh, so I, I remember that specifically. Um, and, and, and my knees didn't heal for five, six, seven years. Wow. Uh, back, if you think back in the, in the eighties, early eighties, there yeah. were, there, 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 there weren't the, the technology in surgery. 
you couldn't go in and 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 take a look inside of things yeah. and i didn't want people to slice up my knees so mm -hmm. i just said i got to take a little bit of time so 25 years went by and then i came back cycling and it was specific to they were building a track ontario had never had a track uh since the delhi velodrome indoor track they didn't have a track for 20 30 years everybody chatted oh we got to build a track oh we're going to build a track what happened to that track that they like they put up and took down what happened I to that believe, i believe at the time and this is going back a long time yeah i believe they put it into a tractor trailer the somebody in ottawa area invested in it and when they opened the trailer up 18 months later, water had leaked and the track was ruined. So those are, those are little things that nobody knows about, but what happened? Wow. So, so that was it. Like they, somebody bought it from Ontario, uh, Ottawa, and then it left and nobody did anything else. Like how well, could it have stopped for like 30 that? years, literally for 30 years, uh, there was a, the Windell park. It was an outdoor asphalt, very rough. Some people liked it. Some people didn't like it. Yeah. But for 30 years, there were, there was talks of, Oh, we're going to build a track. Oh, we're going to do this. And mm. it just never happened. Nobody had the money to do it. Wow. I was surprised because if it seemed that, I want to say simple to install, uninstall a track like the one previous, that there would have been something in there a lot faster to replace it. How could they have let it go? Be, it, track cycling in Ontario went from, I remember running the Ontario championships with 50, 60, 80 riders at it in the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. And in a matter of, at Windell Park, uh, I, 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 I remember when I left cycling because of injury, um, there, there were no champions to, to take it to the next level, unfortunately. And, oh, no way. And it went 20, 25 years more that there weren't any venues to, to play at. So wow. track cycling went downhill very rapidly in in the province of ontario and it wasn't revived until 2005 when albert uh, ron and bob and i built the track in london at the four city velodrome wow i mean i know that's history but i'm really surprised that somebody didn't didn't pick it up anyways lots of talk well, yeah, I guess, you know, because it, it probably, you know, like anything, it's a, it's a big commitment if you're going to oh, yeah. take something over. Of, of, it certainly sounded like a, that magnitude, like how big, like, anyways. It was huge. Ontario produced some really good athletes, national level track cyclists through the 70s and, and, and 80s into the 90s even. And, and it just sort of went away. As, as it does a lot of things, as, you know, yeah, it, I guess it e evolves back in the mid eighties to nineties, all of a sudden mountain bike kept crept into 
the 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 thought of of different coaches and athletes and and that was a whole new genre of cycling that was in the the, the 90s right because that's kind of when yeah because i got my first road bike in i want to say like 91 and then when i moved to ottawa mountain biking was kind of the new thing it was kind of taking over road and i remember like my was it there was actually no shocks on it, it cost $700 my first mountain bike I still have it it's a beater bike like it's the one that I take yep. to like the ice cream stand and back yep. with the kids yep. but I mean it's still an amazing bike I even have my first um hardtail but uh but so all right so in that time obviously you went to school got married got yep. married had kids yep Came back to the sport. Did you get your kids involved in the sport? Uh, Melanie was a, a dancer. So oh. <laughs> ballet, ballet, tap, and jazz. Oh, okay. And, and at the studio that she, she was dancing at, um, it took up tons and tons of time. She was a teacher. So it was one of those, as all, always happens, you'd like to get the kids involved, but they were off in a different direction. You win some, you lose some. Uh, I was a dance mom for a bit. That's crazy. <laughs> I was a gymnastics mom for a bit. That was crazy too. But my new kids, my new kids, my younger kids, I have three kids. Um, and actually, you know what? My older daughter who went through gymnastics and dance and everything she just got accepted into the Ontario uh, para athlete development program nice yeah she's visually impaired from birth and uh, we always said oh I wonder what we could do with you <laughs> like I don't know para, para, para sports are are just going through the roof right now like there's yeah. there seems to be a, a Lots They're of, really lots, recruiting in that department. Lots of government money, lots of lots of anticipation for yeah. because they're, they're on the sports side of things. There's not a lot of the the Paris the para athletes mm -hmm. that know where to go. Yeah, whether it's cycling or uh, bowling or any of the the sports that the mm -hmm. the kids get involved with. Yeah, I've also seen like when when I've been racing that the para like the athletes that I've seen on the start line at certain like nationals and provincials have always been very small and they've they've been there for many years. So I imagine that they would like to retire and they need new blood to come yeah. in, yep. come in and take their and place, right? Time. It just yeah. takes time. Yeah, and uh, so all right. Now you're in Forest City. You've decided to go ahead, partner with a couple guys, and and build in 2005. That's funny. That's the first. That's the year I started racing mm -hmm. with um, a couple girlfriends, and I guess that's when um, OBC started going, and you started running kids programs. Tell me. Tell us about how that all. Uh, got it's, launched. It, it's interesting. The the kids programs at FCV were basically September to April, and yeah. we would have kids come out and and ride on the track on Saturday afternoons. 
and we'd coach them and train them and get them to do all the skills and get them to race on Saturday nights uh, all winter long. And we didn't have a road program at the time. It was, it was, our focus was on track cycling mm -hmm. and, or mountain biking at that time. But in 2005, 2006, 2007, we said, you know what? All these kids are, are, are riding and all these kids meant 15 or 16 kids through the wintertime. We're coming twice and three times a week for training. And come April, we'd say, see you later. <laughs> and we didn't think that we should have a road program. And all of a sudden, somebody, Reese Bateman said, one of the mechanics, one of the old time trackies yeah. in Ontario said, hey, Rob, why don't we do something in the summertime? I can refurbish some road bikes and we can make them available because the kids couldn't ask the parents to go out and spend a thousand, twelve, fifteen hundred dollars on a bike. Because what if the kid didn't like it? So what we did was with the kids that we had in the program, we said, hey, parents, do you want to get involved with some road rides? They'd be Saturday morning starting at 10. And then if the weather's crummy, we could, we'd start at FCV, Forest City Velodrome. And if the weather was crummy, we'd just go and ride on the track. Parents right. were up. Parents were double thumbs up. So we took the kids out for our very first road ride. There was 12, 14 kids. And if you think of a track bike as having no brakes and no gears, <laughs> the kids left the parking lot. We go to the first stop sign. The first two kids that were on the front knew how to brake, but all the kids behind were backpedaling. Oh my gosh. And You're all like... of a sudden they started to the pound. It was like the Keystone Cops were in, in a matter of 25 feet, like, 10 meters, they had 12 kids on the ground. Oh my God. They didn't know how to break. We didn't even think of it. So we took, turned the kids around. It was only 200 meters. We turned the kids around. We got to go to the parking lot and do some skills. Yeah. And that's, that's where, <laughs> if you think about it, you know, uh, 20 years later, that's where, or 15 years later, for, for KW Cycling Academy, that's where our parking lot skills and drills came from. <laughs> and, and, and people go, well, why do you call parking lot skills and drills? And I said, because if you take a kid that's 10, 12, 14 years old out on the road that they're multitasking and their brains are going all over the place and they have no skills on how to stop or change gears, you got you to gotta help them a little bit and take them to a parking lot and show them how to ch stop. So we came up with stop in a box. And they had to yeah. stop in a box. And if they yeah. can stop in a box, then you know they're going to be able to stop at a stop sign. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm sorry. But I'm just like, yeah, let's go. And they, like, just a second, let's backpedal there. Uh, I think we need to give them some new cycling skills <laughs> i could just so see you where, on that day that that and i remember that distinctly that was our very first road ride after riding on the track all winter and the kids were all pumped up the parents were were, were happy we were, were were able to keep the kids occupied for an hour and a half or so and it didn't turn out the way we wanted <laughs> oh these bikes have brakes what do you mean? I don't understand how brakes work. I'm used to backpedaling. Huh? I'm used to backpedaling to stop. 
What do you mean I have to use brakes to stop? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You, but I could just, I, I could just picture myself. <laughs> yeah. So Sorry. that was 2007, 2008. And, and from there, we, we had a very successful, out of the four city track, we had a very successful run of 10, 12 years of, of producing athletes, training athletes, making them fast, giving them all the information to, <laughs> to, to, to be able to, to comprehend and, yeah. and make quick decisions, whether it was on the road or on the track. And out of that program, we probably sent 12, 15 kids to either Junior Pan Am Championships wow. or junior, junior, road world, uh, sorry, junior Track Worlds. Right. Out of that little program, out of a track that's a hundred and thirty-eight meters and hundred and thirty-eight. I was I was talking to somebody the other day, um, and I was like, I know it's really small, but I thought it was one hundred and sixty. But one hundred thirty-eight meters, and <laughs> and and from our perspective, it's the best track. And even today, fifteen, eighteen years later, it's the best track to learn, to gain the skills, and make sure that you know exactly what's going on around you. Because oh, yeah. it's like a little country road. Yeah. It's not like the 401 or the, a big highway. Yeah, or Milton. Okay. <laughs> I know, and I'm glad it's still, um, because there, I think there was some talk that you know, things might have closed, might, were going to close, but Forest still is still very open and. Absolutely. Ah, run some. By run by volunteers. It's, it's a track that, that uh, Ontario and Cycling Canada, Canada in general needs. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that because like I said, I had heard rumblings about things closing and and people lobbying to keep it open and oh ed vale was talking about it correct need yeah need, was, always need always need funding always need donation right right okay well we'll put a little link there to forest city if there's a donation um, portion there that people can go and donate and if you're ever in the london ontario area if you're from you know, anywhere, if you can get there, go get there. It's, um, it's a great experience. I've been there, like I said, a number of times. And um, anyways, we've had lots of fun there. All Absolutely. right. So let's, let's move on to your new passion project that you've had for three years. Tell us about it. So Rob, you've gone out and started your own cycling, cycling academy <laughs> cycling academy cycling team yeah what, tell what, us about it what what happened and this goes back 15 10 years it i've always known that in the kitchener waterloo cambridge guelph elmira areas of Ontario, the population's probably 1.2 million now yeah. in, the, in, in that 25 kilometer radius around Kitchener-Waterloo. I've always known that we've had athletes that can succeed at anything. It's a big hockey town. 
It's a big soccer town. It's a big school sports town. Yeah. Where lots and lots and lots of kids play volleyball and basketball, play soccer, indoor soccer now in the wintertime. Huge swimming. Really? Huge swimming. Oh, wow. uh, the row club, Waterloo Regional um, Swim Club has, 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 has put many kids on the Olympics over, the, over 30, 40 years, like wow. massive. So I've known that Kitchener-Waterloo area has had tons of athletes. We were never able to tap into it. Hmm. one kid here one kid there and three years ago we we decided that and i say we there's a, a board of directors on the team and we got together and said okay how can we make this work and it's all grass grassroots it's taking kids that have no idea that they'd be good at cycling mm -hmm. but we throw a bike at them give them a bike and say come and play and if you don't like it, give us the back, bike back. And three years later, we've got a membership of about 125. We've got 60. Is that 50, just kids? We've got 50 or 60 kids that, that play on the mountain bike. Right. We've got 20 or 30 kids that play on road bikes. And we've got 20 or 30 kids that play on track bikes. So, and, and I, word, I use the word play meaning anything we do cycling wise it better be fun right so whatever we do training mm -hmm. playing yeah. and whether it's sprinting or endurance work or torturous uh, hill climbs or hill repeats or motor pacing or it's got to be fun and if you make it fun it's playing on the bike. So that's what we started to do three years ago. And we've, 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 and we started with 12 to 13 year old kids. Yeah. Yes, we do have some, some cadets and juniors, which are 15, 16 and 17, 18 year old kids in the junior category. Yeah. But our focus is on the 10 to 13 year old. Okay. And, and to give you an idea, the, through the winter time with COVID, mm -hmm. we said, how can we get more kids on bikes? Right. And three years ago, I said, I wanted 10 new kids on bikes. That was mm -hmm. our slogan, getting kids on bikes. Yeah. And it went from getting one kid on a bike to getting 10 kids on a bike to now getting a hundred kids on a bike. On April 10th, we're, we're taping this on April the 1st. So 10 days from now, mm -hmm. we're doing a mountain bike skills assessment day. Right. And as of April the 1st, today, mm -hmm. we've got in excess of 135 kids signed up, up signed up, to do a skills day in a park in Kitchener. And basically that's the culmination of something that started 
three and a half years ago with one kid on a bike. How can we get one kid in Kitchener-Waterloo to be on a bike? New kid. And now, three years later, we've got 130 plus registered to, to do something on April 10th. So, I love this, Rob. So those are, and then that, and that's all mountain biking. I'm the road and track guy. My hands <laughs> up for road and track. Yeah, yeah. But our mountain bike program, that's where all the kids are. That's what all the kids like to do. They like jumping stuff. They like going over tree stumps. They like going through woods and getting around trees and going on trails and discovering things. Mm -hmm. So what we as a club's KW Cycling Academy did was we looked at that and said, we can do this. And we've got probably 30 volunteers that look after all of these kids. Again, in 2020, we had 60 kids participating in our programs. This year, we're shooting for 150. Next year, 250. I love it. I love it so much, Rob, because this is actually, this is really something that I've been thinking about for a long time. And of course, I'm going to take that offline. But, um, but I'm, I'm really excited that you're, you put together a really good program. Um, and then you have such a you're in such a good space for it because you do have the track and the road and the mountain bike. It's not like Ottawa doesn't like Bromont will have a track soon, which is, I know going to take us away from going down to forest city, but then, you know, we'll be able to develop kids down there and it's a little bit closer. Cause they're going to have and, that. And Ottawa's, Ottawa's had a, a very, very solid, Mm -hmm. bike community for forever for oh yeah forever and 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 lots of lots of kids three or five different clubs that 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 participate from Gatineau to Ottawa to the outskirts there's there's lots of opportunities for kids to get involved you just the, what we did at KW is we we developed champions in each of the different areas and 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 those those leaders ride leaders whether it's in cambridge whether it's in kitchener whether it's in waterloo those ride leaders form the nuclear into the club to do trail rides to just go out and have fun on a bike mm -hmm. and and it shouldn't be torture it shouldn't be tough well, it should be tough, but it shouldn't be, <laughs> fun be, tough. Be, be on a bad side, a fun tough, fun tough, exactly. And it should be but fun I, all the time, whether it's, whether they're, whether they're doing specific work, whether they're doing time, timing systems or whatever, it's, it should all be fun. Yeah. Cause that's a, that's kind of where, that's a gap that I'm looking to fill here. Uh -oh. Oh, did you miss me? Can you hear me now? Yeah, you 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 uh, buzzed out for a sec. Yeah. 
I know I, you kind of like buzzed a little bit too, but I think I, you stopped moving, but you kept, I could still hear you. <laughs> so it was okay. But like oh, I was and, saying, and yeah, it was internet. It was internet related. I know. I know. Um, it was so like I was, yeah, I know we have, we're, we're at the mercy of our internet, like all the time. But that's one thing that I've has really intrigued me, and especially here in Ottawa, is filling that gap of whip, uh, girls on bikes. And um, for, but I'm looking more like 13 and up, you know, like high school, um, and d into the development phase of racers. Um, but I would love. To talk to you afterwards about about this um, because we've I'm got kind of thirty young ladies, Sylvie. We've got thirty young ladies that are under fifteen years old, between nine and fifteen there. years old. Because you know what, and, Rob, like and they all soccer, ride bikes. Yeah, but soccer and hockey aren't happening right now, so. I think that this is like the optimum time to go out and say, yeah, we've got a little training forum happening or whatever you're doing in the park. Right. And to come out and learn about the club and, and uh, try out um, whether well, you're, uh, you know, we, I'm, so. I'm not sure Sylvie, we just blacked out again. Oh no. Hold on. I'll wait for you to come back. Keep talking. I can still, I can still hear you. Oh, there you are. There we go. Okay, oh, we're back. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to move. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we're, I think we're back. So, yeah, we're back. So to give so, you an idea. Yeah. So. So to give you an idea of of the the young ladies that are participating in our program, we looked at what was happening with COVID back in October, September, October, November yeah. of 2020. And we knew we had a, a, a decent number of girls that, that and, and the boys look after themselves almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we had, a, we had a pretty good cohort of young ladies that, that were looking for things after the, the season, outdoor season ended. Mm -hmm. And I know going back to when I came back racing in, in uh, 1999 and 1998 and, nine, and, and 2000, back in the day, we never had trainers. Yeah. We, we didn't have stationary bikes trainers to, to ride all winter. And it was one of the things in, 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 20, in 2000, as I came back racing, it was like taking a sharp stick and poking me in the eye <laughs> to do trainer workouts. Uh, I remember watching. Oh, I remember watching <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> endlessly while doing trainer workouts. I oh hated it. But in September, October of, of 2020, after the season, road season, mountain bike season, just before the track season, we got hooked up on Swift. And we got hooked up on Zoom. 
And we as a team would train anywhere from 100 to 130 kids per week, depending on the day, depending on what we were doing, depending on who came. But we would run training workouts on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. And we'd have 15, 20, we'd have 30, we'd have 45. Wow. Over the, you know, a different, depending oh, okay. on the day, depending on what the kids are doing. So that kept the kids active all winter. Mm-hmm. And by keeping the kids active on Zoom, Swift, from October, our perspective they've told their friends and they've told their friends and they've told their friends and now we've got 135 or so riders wanting to come and play oh i love it i know it was like you had no choice but to embrace swift i felt the same way i'm like i don't know if i can do this but all the girls i was riding with were were on swift and a lot I mean, I was, I was not on as much as they were, but I'm like, mm, a little bit of FOMO was happening, you know, um, yep. and uh, I mean, but I joined them once a week, like every Sunday morning, and it was really fun. Like, I mean, just to do a meetup, we were actually on a Facebook chat group uh, page, so not Zoom, um, and, um, and that worked out really, really well, like really well. Yep. And um, we, we had a we we held a winter race series that would have anywhere from forty to fifty kids participating oh, with cool. their moms and dads. Oh, and <laughs> and and it basically depending on the circuit we were doing, and uh, whether it was a volcano circuit on Watopia, oh. or or the London Crit Course, or the Richmond Crit Course, where you'd have intermediate sprints. And I'm doing the announcing and I'm pretty loud at times and I'm yelling (laughs) at the kids and I'm yelling at the going for 25 bonus points and everybody seemed to like it. I know. I can hear you in your basement. Ah, You know, like I'm sure everybody upstairs is like, holy gosh. (laughs) And, and, And the cool thing is the parents, when you talk to them two weeks later saying, Rob, that was tremendous. My kids oh. are my kids are motivated to do something they've never done before, which mm-hmm. means come April right now, they're fitter than they've ever been. Now they can go out and participate and have fun and not suffer like a dog the first five bike rides. Yeah. So hey, one last question, because sure. um now, like I said, I'm gonna take this offline. I I, I really do want to pick your brain about this. Um, but where do you see the race season going right now and in your neck of the woods um, we, for the spring? Because like thing you say that because we've invested in a timing system, the professional oh. timing system. Okay. Got the parents to buy in. So right. they buy the transponders and it, at least initially once this lockdown current, what happened today is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually we'll be able to do not mass start ri- races. I, I think, 
I think this summer will be, at least for KW Cycling Academy, we'll be doing time trial stuff. Oh, okay, so you'll be doing your own stuff. We'll be. Oh. I don't know if he's coming back. Rob. Rob. Hey guys, I'm just gonna say that talking to Rob has been absolute. Hey, okay, so you're gonna have to repeat yourself. Um, you're saying you have your own time trials. Oh, now I can't hear you. Oh, you're on mute. There we go. All right. Hopefully you'll be able to edit this quite nicely. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. I was um, just talking to myself. And Rob is such a great guy. And <laughs> <laughs> So what we've done is we've invested in a timing system that will be right. able to run time trials through the week, midweek rate, midweek, time trials, whatever that yeah. means, and not have anybody contact one another. Everybody's got their own transponder. They'll be able to go out, get timing. Kids will be able to have instant feedback and at least be oh. able to be, and at least be competitive on the local with what we're doing on specific courses. We've also started a sprint school and the sprint oh. school I've laid out because I'm a, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a track sprinter at, at heart. Not that I could ever do it now, but back in the day, <laughs> I, was, I could go decently fast. And what we've done is we've laid out five, three, four, or five different segments that we can use this timing system for standing starts, for uphill sprints, for downhill sprints, for kilos, for 500 meters. So I'll be able to take kids that have never been involved with sprinting, in fact, hate the word sprint, right. and make them better. Wow. Okay, I have to ask you. So you said, so this timing mechanism, they each get their own transponder that Correct. they put on their bike? Correct. And then they can start and stop their it, own on event? A specific circuit, on a specific circuit or out okay. and back. Yeah. Like a time trial, out and back, yeah. start, transponder starts, they finish, and it immediately gets uploaded and they can look at their time. How did you find that? Is that a cross-country ski thing? A downhill ski, ski thing. Really? We just adapted it to mountain Cycling. bike, mountain bike, road, and track. I've had you know, the last month or so, I've been, I've been doing a fair amount of track experimenting, but we're just about to roll it out for our mountain bikers. And I've held, uh, I've held a couple of experimental track things, or sorry, sprint things, just to work out the bugs, just to make sure yeah. that it, it does what we need it to do. And it's magnificent. You know what? There's so many good things that have come from Alpine and Nordic skiing. 
with regards to improving cycling like throughout the years like you know talking don moxley like all absolutely like, don's a very miss, good friend yeah do you miss him oh yeah i don't know where he's gone i gotta go find him i need to retired. interview he him retired. i know he retired <laughs> i know he's like i need to get on my own bike <laughs> i'm like yeah i think you do but uh oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh i mean we could continue on, but this is amazing. Rob, I want to have you back in the fall after the season because I want to learn. Well, I'm going to be contacting you anyways, but just to hear how so it's you been went, going. You went blank again. Ah! You, can, you can have me back anytime, Sylvie. You okay, thank me. you. <laughs> you, can, you can call me anytime. You, you went blank there for a minute. Yeah. Um, you can call me anytime and, and we'll arrange anything. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Rob. You are a saint. I, I love you. Thank you. <laughs> and I'll have to come down Thanks, here. Sylvie. Have a great day. Well, you too. And before you go, I want to thank all of our listeners for listening and catching this episode. Please don't forget to put on your notifications to, so you don't miss other amazing episodes with guests that I'm going to have on here. And don't forget to leave us a five stars plus a review. Right, Rob? We need a good review. You deserve Absolutely. a good review. Absolutely. All right. Great. Thanks, everybody. Have Thanks, a great Sophie. evening. Thanks a lot, Rob. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast, learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review, if you feel so moved, by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment, telling me what you think, and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.